0: This is the Blaze Radio On Demand.
1: you looking to sell your home? At realestateagentsitrust.com, our goal is to ease the stress of home selling by helping you sell your home as quickly as possible at the best price possible. Hi, it's Glenn Beck, and I want to thank you. In just the last few months, thousands of Blaze Radio listeners just like you have contacted our agents. So if you're thinking of selling your home or if you want help buying a home, Go to realestateagentsitrust.com I and let our individually selected agents earn your business. Real estate agents I nuclear material. I mean, maybe. It's, it's a possibility, but what are you worrying about it for? Yeah, this is apparently what we're being warned of now. Apparently, last uh, November, there was some nuclear material stolen from an area in southern Iraq, and they don't know where it is. Well, they don't know where it is, so they're assuming it was stolen. And Of course, the fears are that you could have some terrorist group like ISIS that has control of it. Now, it's not material that can be used to create a nuclear weapon, one that would have a nuclear chain reaction like, you know, the big mushroom cloud stuff, but it could power a dirty bomb. And a dirty bomb is basically a bomb explodes, a traditional explosion, but inside is little bits of nuclear material that would spray all over the place. So if you're hit by it, you could end up with radiation poisoning or something else, and it would also irradiate an area and have to be cleaned up. That's basically what a Dirty bomb is, and if someone stole this this type of nuclear material, that's what they could end up doing.
2: Yeah, think about it in the same way that oftentimes you'll see, even uh, with the pressure cooker bombs that they were using at the Boston uh, Boston attacks too, how they'll wrap uh, uh, nails or ball bearings around. That's essentially the same concept they're doing with a dirty bomb, but it's radioactive material that could spread, and uh, you'll have fallout within a large area.
1: Okay, this isn't good. This is bad. This is really, yeah, really bad. Really bad. I'm just shocked that this is the first time we're being told that someone has stolen some sort of, you know, spent nuclear material like this.
2: Well, I think the key point there was uh, we've been told. We're being told, okay. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure there have been incidences in the past that stuff has gone missing. In fact, I'm sure there's even incidences right here in the U.S. of A that, yeah, it just was unable to be found.
1: I know somebody who knows somebody who knew a girl who knew somebody that saw Ferris pass out at uh, 31 Flavors last night. And many years ago, they worked at a nuclear power plant as it was being constructed. And I've known some other people that have known somebody who knows somebody that worked at a nuclear power plant, and according to them, these places suck for security and people who actually do their job. Now, maybe you work at a nuclear power plant, you know somebody, maybe it's run fine, but it's been my experience, multiple people working at these, especially when they were being constructed, and guess what? Yeah, it's not as secure as maybe it should be. I mean, after all, it's spent material. They're more worried about somebody coming into a nuclear reactor uh, reactor and, you know, starting some sort of chain reaction that would cause big-scale problems right there. They're not as concerned about that nuclear material that's spent because you can't make a nuclear device out of it.
2: Well, and to that point, I mean, if you see how how lax some of the regulations or security are at our own facilities here in the U.S. of A., think about how lax they are in places like Iraq or or other countries, too, that have nuclear reactors. There are a lot of of nuclear reactors. A lot of countries currently use nuclear power. All of those places are going to end up with spent material. So how... uh, How secure is their process for taking care of that if it's as lax as it is here?
1: I mean, the attitude with nuclear material that's been spent, in other words, it's been used in a nuclear reactor, and they can't use it anymore. There's a little bit left, but it's still radioactive. Do you think the worker bees there are really concerned? You know in their mind they still treat it as waste. Yes, it's not the same. It's a little bit dangerous, could be poisonous. But they're not thinking of it like that. And do you trust the government security facilities anyways? I don't trust them. I would venture to guess that it would be fairly easy for a group that was determined around the globe to get some sort of nuclear material, radioactive material, let's put it that way. Something that I'm not talking about stuff you could use to create a nuclear reaction, to create a hydrogen bomb or something. I believe that's probably fairly secure, and it's difficult to get your hands on because it's not easy to manufacture anyways. But the other stuff, the, the, the spent material, the, the radioactive material that they consider waste, why wouldn't it be easy?
2: I don't know, another possibility. We've seen kind of similar stories in the past where a, uh, a truck will be stolen outside of a facility. It'll be later found out that, oh, that truck contains some nuclear uh, 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 reactive material, radioactive material. What do you think the likelihood is that the people who have taken the possession of this uh, briefcase or whatever that actually has the radioactive material are aware of what they have?
1: Right, and of course we know the borders are not secure, so even if they get it outside the U.S., you're going to be able to bring it into the country. You're going to be able to smuggle it up. They smuggle truckloads of drugs in and nobody catches them. So imagine for a moment you hope to do the U.S. harm and you want to get some of this nuclear material, radioactive material, one that you could use for a dirty bomb. And uh, you go to the average guard out there or guards that are you know, watching this material. Do you think it's going to be that hard to get to them? I mean, we're not talking high-level security here, right? You're talking about security guards. And you go to them and you go, I know where your family lives. How about you just look the other way, right? Uh, I'll give you $50,000 and I know where your family is. So how about you look the other way? You make them an offer they can't refuse. I mean, we've seen them get to border agents. We've seen them get to all kinds of people. These stories are not not new.
2: Are you referring to that possibly happening with here, somebody getting paid? Of course, or Or there. You know it happens all around the world. And that was going to be my point, is that if it would be seemingly this simple to actually acquire (laughs) this material here in the U.S., Again, think about how easy it would be in some of these other countries where there's even less regulation or possibly even more likelihood for for a terrorism-related, hey, I have your family, give me this. And again, too, this this thing stolen was about the size of a laptop computer case. Think how easy that would be to be able to travel around with, to conceal in a uh, other luggage of nature. So definitely an interesting, scary story. We'll have to see where it goes. But I wonder, again, if these people actually are even aware of what they have.
1: Oh, I think they are. I think I don't think you stumble on that by accident. In the last couple of years, we've had multiple stories where things like smallpox have been misplaced from CDC laboratories. <laughs> CDC no laboratory. Okay, yeah. I mean, we're not talking about something fairly uh, benign. This is pretty destructive. That's the reason they wanted to eradicate smallpox. The only reason they keep a little bit of it is in case we have some sort of, you know, outbreak or something in the future. They will still have that theoretically to make some sort of vaccine or or have a, you know a foothold in it. But if, if that stuff can be misplaced or stolen or whatever, why wouldn't spent nuclear material, just radioactive stuff that's considered waste, by the way, that has no other value, why would that be, I would think it would be much less secure, wouldn't you? Oh, absolutely.
2: Well, and, and I guess at the end of the day, we also have the question of how do you prevent things like this? Not only here in America, but around the world. I mean, if people are going to continue to have nuclear power, too, shouldn't there be some sort of... And again, I'm not the guy for, for mass regulations, but some sort of general procedure for how this waste is, is disposed
1: of. Here's the problem. Um, the United States government had a plan to deal with nuclear material, the disposal of this nuclear material that's left over from like power plants, for example. And many years ago, 30, 40, whatever years ago, when we began really experimenting seriously with this and, and building nuclear power plants in the 60s and on into the 70s, uh, there was quite a bit of material left over when this happened. Now, the way they, they utilize it, there's very little of it, which is good. That's an advance in technology, so you have very little left over. And I'm actually a fan of nuclear power as long as it's disposed of properly. And you truly use a system where there's very little material left over. The problem is they needed a place to store it. And for a while, they were putting it in drums and putting out in lots out in the middle of nowhere and fields and buildings and whatever else. And then they said, okay, we need a unified place to store this stuff. And they came up with a plan. We will hollow out a mountain. And we will put these barrels or whatever in this mountain and let it just fade away naturally over the course of time. And the place they picked was a site called Yucca Mountain in southern Nevada, not too far from Las Vegas, about an hour or so outside of Las Vegas. When I worked in Las Vegas in the early 90s, they were working on this project. Hollow out the mountain and let's bring all this stuff in there. They spent billions and billions of dollars. Hollowing out the mountain and preparing to bring this stuff in there. I worked in a facility in in an office building where the government also rented offices and some of the other people in the building worked for this Yucca Mountain project. That's where I first learned of it. And as it was nearing completion, there was a senator by the name of, what was his name? Harry Reid, who stopped it. He said, I don't want this nuclear material in my state. Now, the interesting thing is he stopped it after they got the billions of dollars in worker bees coming in and constructing in his state he got the benefit of them coming in and saying i am making money working for the government in your state and then spending that money to buy cars and cheeseburgers and everything else then stop the program why didn't he stop it before him because he wanted the money that's it that's exactly it. it's politics being played even with this even in this So you can't even trust a good uh, plan from the government to get rid of this.
2: Well, and after the plan with Yucca Mountain fell through, too, they decided um, a site (laughs) in New Mexico, too. I want to say it's an Alamogordo, actually. It's the Waste Isolation Pilot Plant, the WIP plant, they call it. That's the WIP. That's the whip plan, exactly. And it's very, very interesting, too. And, and now you are right, too, with the uh, spent materials that are left after their work. Uh, there isn't a whole lot left. However, it's not just the material that they actually take that was uh, uh, creating the steam and the actual mechanism for the energy. It's, it's any gloves, any, um, in, anything that was anywhere in near, anything near, anything that yeah. came anywhere in contact. So, yes, the actual material itself is not that much, but there's a lot of general waste, too, with any of tools, <laughs> any gloves. There's large drums, too. And it's, a, it's the same general plan, too, that they... Um, They take these, and it's in a hollowed-out place. And I want to say Alamogordo, New Mexico, too. But the interesting thing is, too, that there's huge, huge regulations and process that actually takes the plant, um, takes the materials from the sites all around the country and takes it to Alamogordo. In fact, I had a friend who um, used to work on the plants that actually would go route by route where these trucks would go and look at traffic patterns, look at uh, times of day, look at most uh, uh, dangerous routes. So they could get it
1: there without there being an accident or or criminal activity. So, I mean,
2: every step of the way, they had... uh, huge monitoring process to take it from if you have to go from Seattle all the way to Alamogordo so they will okay, we'll take uh, uh, I-25 down this way and we'll hit I-40 and go over however that actually goes. So I know that there is an extensive process for attempting to secure these but again there always seems to be a hole that is uh, exploited in some manner.
1: One of the other problems with, with nuclear power in America today and the reason you haven't seen power plants built in a long time I mean now we're starting to hear about it I think there are some plans and works and they're, they're moving forward to build some is for 20 so years they haven't been able to build them because there's a law that says until you have a place to store that spent material and all of the other waste from it that you cannot build a new you cannot bring one online I think you could build it but you can't bring it online I think that may be the holdup. well who's going to build one and sink hundreds of billions of dollars maybe into building this plants and then not be able to bring it online so they want an assurance that yes if we put the money in one of these power companies that we're going to be able to actually turn the thing on Well, who stopped that? Again, Harry Reid, the guy who said, you can't bury the stuff in my state, so essentially you don't have any place to store it until they build other facilities like New Mexico, and you can't bring those online until you have a place to store it. Politics being played, but still taking your tax dollars and pissing them away on nothing.
2: It's surprising, though, too, that these progressives, too, that are all concerned about the environment oftentimes, don't like nuclear energy. They should. Nuclear energy is one of the cleanest forms of energy we have. As opposed to coal or any other sorts of, of, of which there's very little uh, pollution that occurs with nuclear power plants. There is the the spent waste and material at the
1: end. Very small now. That
2: is minimal compared Mm. to a lot of these coal power plants.
1: Right, exactly. And if you've ever driven by a nuclear power plant, the areas I'm from, uh, Perry Nuclear Power Plant in Northeastern Ohio, uh, uh, Davis Bessey out uh, near Toledo, those are the ones I'm most familiar with. You see the big cloud coming up from the cooling towers, all that is is water vapor. That's it. It's steam. That's it. They they take the, the heated rods, put it down into the water essentially. The steam comes up, and it turns the turbines. That's how it works. The turbines. Um, So are you worried about this? Is this something when you see these stories? I mean, in the grand scheme of things, is a dirty bomb likely? Is it more likely than you getting into an accident next Tuesday and dying? Getting into an accident is far more likely. But at some point, this stuff is going to happen. I mean, eventually... Doesn't it seem likely that a terrorist would be able to get to no, some place, whether it's America or, or France? Well, and if it's not this this laptop-sized uh, case that was taken from Iraq, uh,
2: there are other stories out here <clears> that we've gotten of material that they've never been able to find. So it is out there, folks, and eventually it's going to be used.
1: Is it possible they just misplaced it, like the, the yeah, anthrax? Yeah, it totally the, is. I totally mean, is. they'll oh, there it is. I dropped it under my desk. I hadn't <laughs> seen it. That's where it is. I kept looking around for it. Where did I put the briefcase with the nuclear material? You know, it has been I hot in it. my
2: office recently.
1: Yeah, It's been right. really
2: hot in there. I don't...
1: Let's see. You know, I went in. I got a cup of coffee. And then we went to go to lunch. I stopped at Wendy's. Did I leave it at Wendy's? Is that what it is, possibly? Maybe. Maybe we're worried too much about this, though. Maybe we're worried too much about it. What do you mean? I watch these superhero movies. I've dreamed of being a superhero since I was a kid. No. How, did, how did Spider-Man become Spider-Man?
2: Uh, so that, he, uh, he was bitten by, by a by a magic radioactive spider? Not magic spider. It was a magic spider. No, what kind of spider? No. It, was a t- it was being tested on. I don't know. And I mean, it was
1: a ra- radi- was it radioactive, radioactive, spider? radioactive okay. spider. It was a radioactive spider. I'm just saying, you know, maybe we shouldn't uh, poo-poo this right off. Maybe. You got some other superheroes, you know, mm. benefits like this. Just let's not react the No, so harshly. what we need
2: to do is we need, like, I'm kind of thinking more of the Iron Man type thing. We need a billionaire to come in and really save it. So I'm thinking... Okay. Like Donald Trump? Yeah, I'm leaning more towards like a Mark Zuckerberg. Younger, you know, probably is a little more virile, you know, is going to be able to be more superman such a
1: tool, though, too. Are his parents still alive? Okay, let's just get a break in. Doc Thompson, Skip LaCombe, pinch-hitting for Pat and Stu today. It's time to tell you about a great company called Go. Solar energy is now affordable thanks to Go. If you want to increase the value of your home and save money at the same time, Go can help you installed for just $0 out of pocket. Save 20 to 30 percent on what you're currently paying to power your home. Over 60,000 satisfied customers with the best warranty in the industry think Go. They're one of the biggest residential solar companies in America, and they have offices all over with over 60 local offices, so you never have to worry about customer service because they're right there. Find out if Go is affordable or, or, excuse me, is available in your area at GoSolarWithTheBlaze.com. Power your home affordably with with GoSolarWithTheBlaze.com.
0: When our water heater broke down last month, it was a nightmare. It took five hours for the plumber to show up, and he charged us a couple of hundred bucks just to come out. Then it cost another $1,800 to put in the new water heater. By the time it was all said and done, I felt like I'd been taken
1: All right, so now we are getting more conflicting information about the dispute between Apple and the federal government trying to break into the iPhone of the San Bernardino terrorists. So, okay, let me see if I got this right, Skip. Initially, we had heard reports of the government saying, hey, we just want some help breaking into this terrorist phone. That's all we want. And then Apple comes out, Tim Cook, and goes, wait a minute. They want more than that because in order to break into the phone, we would have to create a system that would allow them to break into every phone always moving forward and possibly allow other people that's that are not the federal government to use this technology
2: yeah well i think where the confusion and misinformation is coming from is that there was actually a court order that was issued it wasn't like the fbi went to apple and said hey can you give us assistance in breaking into this phone they issued a court order to give them a new type of technology that would allow the fbi to break into the phone Now the fbi is saying well no we're not trying to get it for for all use we just just this one just this one phone which isn't really possible to do they can't do some sort of a Um, of a self-destructing switch for it that would, would eliminate the program after it's used one time. And if the FBI is ever able to actually gain access to a system like this, they're going to be able to backwards engineer how it works to be able to use it for all of them. Now, the new information that we've had that has come out today, too, um, is the Daily Beats is reporting that on at least 70 occasions, Apple has complied with FBI orders to unlock phones.
1: Okay, now, see, we're back to that. Now i got to blast Apple again. If you've done it in the past, why aren't you doing it for terrorists? Because,
2: again, that's not what the FBI is asking for here. The FBI has a court order to do a new type of technology. If the FBI but- was just going to them and saying, hey, listen, unlock this phone, they probably would.
1: You think they would? I think they Why would. hasn't Apple volunteered that, then? I mean, I think if Maybe you're... Maybe they have. Oh, on, if you're, well, you, they haven't at least publicly admitted that. Here's, here's the thing. I stand with you, Apple. The government should not have that power. However, you're talking about terrorists. These, yeah, okay, make them get a warrant, fine. But you're still talking about terrorists. These are not people that you have to worry about going to court and found, uh, you know, not guilty. That's it. They're done. It's over. They're terrorists. No one's going to sue you on this stuff. Make them get a basic warrant for it. And they could even offer it. Say, listen, government, we're not willing to give you that master key for all phones. We're not going to give you that technology. But if you want us to unlock that phone, bring it in here. Done. there you go. They're not, I haven't seen them volunteer that. No, no, and you're right. I have not you do that idea. to cover your ass I you would, them?
2: too, so I don't know exactly where, uh, uh, where the discrepancy there is coming. Maybe they have done that, um, at least uh, privately to the FBI. But, no, I would definitely lead with that in the story, too. Um, Apple- See, I don't, I don't
1: trust either one of them. I don't trust the government. I don't trust Apple on it either one. I don't trust either one of them. And I, don't I don't trust Tim Cook and these dirtbags at Apple because they're progressives. I, don't, I can't no. trust them. I could trust them a little bit more than the government, just because I absolutely do not trust the government. Apple or a company I could trust a little bit.
2: I, I don't know. I think that Apple's, and again, I'm, I'm in between on this myself, too. I, I'm, I'm leaning a little t- more towards Apple's point of view on this than the government's. But um, Apple probably should come out and say, Hey, listen, if you guys want to unlock this one phone, come on down. Like we've done time and time again, or times before for you, we will unlock it. Um, I think Apple's primary focus in this is trying to fight this court order this court injunction saying hey listen no this is this is bs we're not going to go ahead and do that maybe they've been so focused on trying to fight that that they haven't even tried to offer the information about mm. listen we'll unlock mm. the phone but we're not going to give you the
1: technology that seems really sketchy to me i mean that oh, definitely that, that's yeah. a possibility but i think <laughs> listen if i'm if I'm this serious about it, and I stand with Apple and other companies to say you're not having that technology, it's none of your business, even, even regardless of the concerns you have of what they would use it for in the, in the future, we are not giving you that key. We will give you the information on this phone from the terrorists. I stand with Apple and any other company that does it. But it seems unlikely if Apple had the technology to open that one phone, has done it in the past when asked to for, you know, extreme situations, that they wouldn't say, hey, the government's trying to make us do all this stuff that we can't do or don't want to do because you're going to be in danger, but we will open that one phone. Why wouldn't you lead with that? That's the marketing. That's going to help make their case. So I don't know if what we're hearing now is legitimate. No. I mean, what, are, what is their 70 phone past examples based what, what on? what does that
2: comprise of, too? And what, what right. are some of the examples of the 70 times that they've, they've unlocked phones in the past?
1: Now, is it possible that that was the old operating systems?
2: Um, I don't think that matters, really.
1: Because I had gotten some information yesterday, saw something that said that, in fact, it might have been last night when we were filling in for Dana. Um, Was it uh, Jason Howerton, I think, alluded to the fact that years ago they were more willing to work with the government on this stuff. And as of the most recent um, uh, operating systems moving forward after, I think, iPhone 5 that they have changed it and are unwilling to do some of this.
2: Yeah, yeah, I don't remember. I, I know that there was at one point a switch in the way they did their encryption. Maybe that is part of, part of what he's works. talking about. And, and, and Apple has <coughs> always maintained, too, that the information on your phone they can't access. Now, they apparently can unlock a phone in these instances which the government has required them to. But beyond that, they don't have within their servers um, the ability to read your message. And again, too, maybe I'm, I'm naive here, but I do trust Apple in that respect.
1: Um, I trust them to do it's in their self-interest I don't think they're doing it in there for the good of all people or personal freedoms I don't think I don't think Apple's doing it for my personal freedom I don't think that has anything to do with it I think it has it protecting themselves uh, do you think there's really anything on the phone I mean of course no. if you're law enforcement you say this you're gonna you're gonna uh, overturn or turn over every stone you're gonna look at everything and that's smart and there could be stuff. People use a phone for this. But do you really think they're going to get anything significant from their phone?
2: Zero chance there's anything on that phone. because. And see, this isn't like uh, like the FBI had uh, come upon these people and discovered them before an attack happened. They completely carried out everything they had planned to do. So I, I, I feel like they were very prepared in that. They knew that going in. You
1: like they were scrubbed their information.
2: Yeah, they were going to make sure that uh, um, they knew they were going to die that day they were they martyred themselves that was their entire plan they were going to go and die so I don't think they were gonna leave any sort of loose ends like that particularly with a cell phone which is going to be such an obvious um, piece of evidence they're going to go to there's nothing on that phone I bet once they open it it's gonna be factory restored I bet it's already has been wiped
1: uh, and they did they did wipe their computers we know that they had already scrubbed their computers mm-hmm. why wouldn't they do the phone but let's say for a moment they didn't scrub their phone even then what would be on it okay communicating with somebody else overseas or whatever I mean I don't know what all you, the plan? Even, even the, you, you already have the, the plan. You think there's going to be uh, information about another attack? Oh, we opened the phone, here was their attack, and here's the other 17 attacks. Huh,
2: you know, we pulled up the calendar, mm-hmm. we see <coughs> San Bernardino listed on that date. Why is uh, San Francisco listed in October, though? Uh, well, let's see. No, it's not no, going to be There's not going to be
1: anything on that. At the best phone. you would have is information on people they were communicating with. I would be willing to bet they, they would already be able to have some of these people on the radar screen, and furthermore... Many of these people are going to be are around the globe. So you're going to have, the best they could do is track them.
2: Also, furthermore, if they do actually uh, have communication with people outside of the world, the NSA already has that as part of the prison program.
1: And, okay, so you're the person at the other end of the phone that's been communicating with these dirtbags, right? The day it unfolds, you watch the TV, you get on the Internet, and you're like, Hooray, they killed them, hooray! What's next? Oh, that's right. Get rid of all communication from your end. Run and hide if you know there's even the slightest possibility that you were compromised. They've had, when was San Bernardino? How long ago is that now? A couple of months ago? Was it, in? yeah, about a couple months ago. Okay, so they've had all this time that by the time the FBI opens it, any information that would be on there is completely gone anyway. By the way, back to one of the, the criticisms of the way that the FBI wants to open the phones. They say they can't just keep... Trying random passwords because there's a feature that just scrubs your phone after it's been test uh, uh, passwords been tried ten times yeah there's a there's
2: a security device that you could actually have on your phone that if you do have a passcode and it's entered ten times incorrectly it will erase all the data that's meant to keep you safe in case you actually lose your phone you can keep it locked if somebody finds it they can't access uh, your home address your banking records your health records all of which a lot of people keep on their cell phone and part of this court order that they've ordered um, are going to eliminate that so they will be able to uh, try unlimited times to unlock the phone without wiping it they would be able to go ahead and try it digitally without having to physically punch in the four-digit code each time they can plug it into the computer and digitally try and it just
1: cycle just yeah. try it random yeah it and the out. third
2: thing it would do it would delay um, each time you put it in there's like a, a three-second pause as it recycles that program that they're requesting would also eliminate that so they could literally plug it in and try four-digit number four-digit number four-digit number unlimited times literally all um, possible combinations of right. it until the phone unlocks
1: Okay, now, do you have to, That's on all iPhone, current iPhones, the feature. Correct, yeah. But you have to enable it? Uh, yeah, my understanding is you do have to enable that feature.
2: There's uh, somewhere in the settings with um, on lock on 10 times. You could probably even set the number of attempts before it actually wipes. Um, but yeah, that is the feature you do have to enable.
1: I don't know if mine's enabled like that. I never enabled it, but do you, I.
2: Well, do you even have a password, a password? Yeah, I do have a password oh, okay. on it, yeah.
1: Um, no, I just wonder uh, what's preventing me from picking up a friend's phone and going, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. VZOOP! Well, see, you're an evil jerk. I'm though. just saying. Like, you the find someone person person to with I mean, a that's a pretty serious practical joke, but you could really screw with somebody.
2: Yeah, that's beyond practical joke type. No, thing, no. But. I mean,
1: <laughs> let's say you've got uh, somebody, the, like an ex, or somebody you're trying to get revenge on, or somebody. Right? You pick up their phone. You try it ten times. Clears the whole thing. I say your ex may have some photos of you that you want to. You want to do that you as well? Get, you get rid of those, those photos. You know, clear the whole thing. Doesn't that seem like a little bit of a fail? They call that the nuclear option. <laughs> that's <laughs>
2: that's what. Be it careful is, right. with
1: that, though. But I mean, and how would they ever tell? They just pick up their phone, and it's all—it's all gone.
2: I don't know. Let me see your phone. We'll test. No, it's okay. okay. We'll let's...
1: Mine's not set. I'm pretty sure it's not set there. Whatever. But had you thought about that? Uh no, I hadn't. Hey, See, yours? only only you would think about this thing. Like I worry about these things. I'm worried about somebody doing that to my phone, you know. Um is yours enabled? 10 um, times? I do have a passcode,
2: but um I don't believe I have a 10 times. I don't I never uh, personally enabled that, so I don't know if that's an automatic thing.
1: No, is that 10 in a row? Do you know? Uh, it's probably 10 in a row, yeah. So, like, if I tried seven and then waited like an a day hour, and a half yeah. or an hour or something, I go back and try seven more, I'm still good.
2: Um, although, for all I know, maybe it is cumulative. Like, if you do try three and say, okay, I'm going to wait for a little while. then, and then go try. Three. I mean, it, you may only have a, a grand total of ten before. Yeah,
1: time. see, that's bad because I forget passwords all the time. And I have, to, I have to cycle through the 40 passwords I use for different accounts. Is it this? Is it this? Is it skips an ass? No. Is it skips an ass with an exclamation mark? <laughs> is it skip is an ass, all capitals? Yeah. Well, furthermore,
2: character. think about it this way. What if you actually did forget your iPhone
1: password? Yeah, I don't know what you do in that case. I mean, Can if, you...
2: if, if even at this point, case case Apple has only done 70 times on FBI orders to unlock the phone, meaning if you do actually forget your passcode... Is your phone? I mean, bricked? Until would you have to do a factory reset? I guess at that point you would just do a factory reset if you couldn't. Do
1: You'd the have the phone, but you wouldn't have the other stuff. Well,
2: you would lose all the data on the
1: phone. Right now, do you download the data like pictures and stuff and oh, keep it yeah, elsewhere? Oh yeah,
2: I back up my phone re- regularly. Where
1: do you back now. it up? Um, back it up on the cloud. Just through iTunes. On yeah. the cloud? On the cloud? Use the cloud? It's on the cloud. Yeah. In the cloud? Yeah.
2: Then I, uh, I use my photos. I use I uh, use another. I'm just service not that skilled with the, with the
1: whole cloud thing. I, I mean, I'm currently like at fog. That's kind of like a fog. You're it's like not really drizzled, like a full dude. cloud. It was something you're like you're that. Like yeah. It was like dew. That's what it's like. If you would, please follow us on the Twitter. It's at Doc Thompson Show and at Skip LaCombe. We'll get some of your tweets coming up again. At Doc Thompson Show and at Skip LaCombe. Doc and Skip in for Pat and Stu. So it's Donald Trump now versus, now it's Donald Trump versus Pope Francis. He's taking on the Pope now? Well, the Pope's taking on him. Wait, Pope the Pope did the first shot? Yeah, they're, uh, they're going back and forth now. Donald mm-hmm. Trump and Pope Francis. Here's how this thing plays out. Donald Trump on the stump called out Pope Francis for being pro-illegal. I mean, you know, he's, he's basically made excuses for illegals, which is um, despicable. The Pope is wrong on this. Being pro-immigration, Yes. Being pro-legal immigration, yes. Being pro-illegal uh, immigration, the Pope is wrong on this because God also directs us to do the right thing aside from God's law. That, that's just what you're supposed to do. Now, not to mention that violation, the Pope is also wrong because it is not the government's responsibility to care for your fellow man. It is yours. And you would think that the Pope would know this. The Pope is asking me and you to accept uh, uh, the, for the government to accept our responsibility instead of us doing it. The Pope should be standing up and saying, if you are a Christian, you should be doing for your fellow man, not the government, excusing people who break the laws and providing for them. The Pope should understand it is our personal responsibility. We shouldn't be it off on the government. So Donald Trump was right to call out the Pope on this. The Pope is wrong on illegal immigration. Having said that, Donald Trump calls him out and says, uh, calls him out, and the Pope then returns with um, basically, Donald Trump is not a Christian. He, he didn't say it directly. He said, uh, mentioned his stance on immigration and then went, blah, blah, blah. If you're building walls, dot, 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 you're not a Christian. Doesn't so basically, sound, he doesn't sound
2: like a very Christian man, right. is what he was inferring. Right. He didn't outright say, Donald Trump is not a Christian. Well, he
1: said, if you are somebody who builds walls, you're not a Christian, but was referring to Donald Trump and his stance on things. So then Donald Trump fires back and says, uh, the pope would be happy if I was president if ISIS ever attacks the Vatican. Falls in the pope's court. I'm just waiting to hear from him. What now. do
2: you think the pope will respond to that to be? F off. I f- I don't know. I think you think, that's probably think be, be, be quite f off. It
1: may be a little bit different than that. He may clean it up a little bit. I wonder if they'll let it go. I wonder. Um the um uh, a, a spokesman for the Vatican, when Trump had first made his comments, called out Donald as well and said it was, uh, you know, curious that he would be saying such a thing, you know, so on and so forth. So I don't think they're going to let it go.
2: No, I find it interesting. Well, see, and this just goes and continues to the same type of thing we've seen with Donald Tra- Trump, is anytime anybody has any sort of criticism for him, he, he can't handle it. He melts down. And that's a fundamental problem, I think, with Donald Trump.
1: I'm expecting whatever happens next, at some point, Donald Trump would threaten to sue them, sue the Vatican. The Vatican. And the Pope. I think that's probably what he's going to end up doing. Um, I can expect a uh, press release or a comment later today where he goes, listen, Catholics love me. They love me. I'm huge in Rome I'm huge you don't understand What
2: is with this pope though Nobody likes this pope This pope lies <laughs> like no pope I've ever seen before no. Pope John Paul didn't like like that. People loved John Paul People loved him they don't People like hate pope. this pope
1: No nobody goes there anymore This pope nobody goes this pope, there Let me tell you this pope <laughs> is a loser This pope here is a
2: loser let me tell you
1: That's probably coming next too Ridiculous Wow All right so this uh, the bizarreness of Donald Trump continues and you know what I'm I'm sad to say I have to stand with Donald on this. I mean, he's still a jerk. I still can't support him because of his background. He's a flip-flopper. I don't think Donald has been this serious on immigration in the past. I believe he has hired immigrants in the past. I think this is newfound outrage since he started running for president. But dealing with the Pope on this, he is absolutely right.
2: Um, What are your thoughts on the Pope uh, giving political commentary on the American uh, uh, race for president?
1: It's certainly within his right to have an opinion. Um, as a pope, I think I would tread lightly because there's a lot of American Catholics that uh, you're instantly dividing. A lot and of those
2: if, American Catholics are supporting
1: Donald Trump. Too. They are, and uh, other Republicans and Democrats they support everybody. It's not you know one political ideology amongst Catholics. Uh, but the pope is wrong. He fundamentally gets some things wrong when it comes to how a government should act. He really does. I really appreciate it with Pope Francis... Um, First became pope, and he was very humble, and he carried his bag himself, and he shunned all of the you know, expensive limo rides and everything else, and I said, that's what a man of God should be. And then he started with all of the progressive agenda. And it's one thing to have uh, you know, a big heart and say we should help people. He's right. That's what we should do. But there is a fundamental breakdown between this pope and other religious progressives when they believe that the government should do stuff. That is a fundamental breakdown in their religion, not just in ideology or political ideology or how the country ought to operate. It's a breakdown in their faith. God calls on me and you to do it ourselves. And it really should be those people who are
2: pushing that notion, not radio and TV hosts like us. It shouldn't be us saying, no, that's not what God has directed us to do, is to look to government for help and handout." Pope Francis should be coming out and saying, no, don't look to the government. Look to your churches. Look to your brothers and take care of each other not looking to the government to take care of it.
1: I don't know what to make of this new poll that's out, by the way. The national poll, Donald Trump and Ted Cruz. This is, I, I don't know, it's, it seems unlikely. Yesterday, last night, we got word of a new poll. This is an NBC, NBC uh, Wall, Wall Street, Street, Wall Street, Wall Street Journal. Journal poll that has Donald Trump now in second place behind Ted Cruz. Ted Cruz, 20, again, this is uh, a, a primary poll, Republican primary poll, but it's a national one. Cruz leading 28%, Trump 26 Rubio at 17, Kasich 11, Carson 10, and Bush 4. Yeah, this is a nationwide one, rather.
2: Yeah, and um, which is interesting. This has been a, the, the first time that Cruz has been able to actually take a lead over over Trump, um, although this is also the first time that has been this big of a flip-flop, uh, this big of a switch in there. I... Again, we were saying yesterday, too, I, I think that the election, the, uh, the nomination is virtually locked up for Trump at this point. This obviously shoots a hole in that, but I wonder even the legitimacy of that. I hope this poll is true. I hope this poll is accurate. I, I hope that we're maybe finally losing the love affair with Donald Trump. But again, I just question if it actually is true. I mean, we see in South Carolina at the same time, uh, Trump is still up by 20 points.
1: It could be an anomaly. It just seems so unlikely with NBC and Wall Street Journal. I mean... You're not talking about, uh, you know, Skip's uh, polling out of the trunk of his car or something like this. I mean, this is fairly respectable when it comes to polling on something like this. And if we had seen, okay, uh, Ted Cruz within five points of Donald Trump nationally, you'd go, okay, wow, that's pretty big. Because Donald has always been like 10 points ahead ahead of Ted Cruz on this stuff. He's always been double digits. Now Cruz is up by two points. Is just the beginning of what we're going to find out today and tomorrow? Other polling will show virtually the same thing? Maybe. I mean, that's going to be something we'll just
2: have to see. Again, I I hope this poll is true. I I fear that there, for me, in my mind, it seems like it's more likely that there was some sort of an issue or statistical anomaly with the poll than there to be that big of a statistical anomaly in America's support of a GOP politician.
1: Last night, uh, Skip and I, after we got done on the Dana show, uh, guest hosting for her as part of the panel, Skip was on part of the panel, uh, we were standing around talking to some people as we we're taking our makeup off and changing afterwards. And we suggested that there's a possibility that part of the Trump game that he's played, and I don't know how all it would manifest itself, that he plays these numbers. Think about it. Trump is a reality star. And everything he's built has always been about speaking it into existence, so, so to speak. You know, yeah. I, I am all of this. I am a billionaire. I do all of this stuff. And you know some of it's BS up front, but that's the marketing. He knows the marketing game. You put it out there, and then people believe you are this thing, and then it just falls into place. Has that, is that the game he's been playing with the numbers even early on? To an extent, and, well, and, and that's one of the things, too, and we've said for the longest time, too, one of
2: the things that, that Americans in America, I think, is craving more than anything else is authenticity, is, is somebody who is real. And even if this is a character that is Donald Trump, man, it certainly seems real. He's certainly saying things that a lot of people are actually feeling, but it's so much of a circus that it doesn't look legitimate in terms of, of somebody who's running for president. But it is that uh, uh, a realness that's breaking through that is, is different than the plastics that you see from most politicians. Even a Ted Cruz, who I'm a big fan of, uh, still has a little bit of that plastic politician-y type thing. Trump is really the only candidate that has completely broken out of that. People even talking Bernie Sanders. It's this uh, non-establishment uh, wrench in the works like Trump, which is true to an extent. But at the same time, Bernie's been a senator for, uh, for, uh, uh, for 30 years.
1: Yeah, he's been in public office 30 years. Of public, yeah, public yeah. office. Um, yeah, I'll give you that. That makes, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, the, the funny thing is, though, even though Trump is this real person, he's not the politician, he's still not real. No, that's what I that's, mean. That's, that's that's been so a character funny about it, too, right? He's, he's built this character. It's not the authentic, Cages hey, guy you know down the street, the neighbor who happened to have some skills and says, here's what I'm going to go do and lay out a plan. They're, they're being sucked in just in a different way to this marketing campaign. But I don't know. I think, he's, I think that's part of his game is just to play these numbers and <clears throat> it's benefited him because the numbers have been so high early on to say look at how far ahead I am of this stuff. So he's been able to hop on and just say everybody loves me. Everything's great. Those people are all losers. Look how far ahead I am. That's what they said prior to Iowa and even said if there was a record turnout it would benefit Donald Trump. There was a record turnout. He came in second. Yeah. <clears throat> so are these numbers accurate? Why, why was it inaccurate in Iowa? Why, was why, why were the numbers, the polling? the polling ahead of time, why were they inaccurate? I don't know. I, so I then, have no idea. Is that what we've been seeing? I mean, New Hampshire. New Hampshire. Thank you. Sorry. It was a little bit different because that's the Northeast, and uh, it was the first primary. It comes off the Iowa one. you got South Carolina this week, and then, of course, Super Tuesday. Are we going to see that again? Uh,
2: I don't know. Only time will tell. But, yeah, South Carolina this, is, this, this Saturday, actually.
1: This is the strangest election. It's just crazy time. It's the bearded Spock world. Alright we had a break and we'll come back a little bit more. Doc and skip pinch hitting for Pat and Stew today. Doc and Skip in for Pat and Stu. I love it when Melvin and Francis fill in for Pat and Stew. Hashtag what I learned today at Doc Thompson Show and at Skip LaCombe. Please, please. Why are you giving Melvin a top billing here? Yeah, it's a,
2: it just sounds better. It's Francis, Francis and Melvin. Melvin. No, it please, sounds better you. with Melvin and Francis, though.
1: That, uh, if you want to understand that, listen to the uh, the show today. It's uh, theblaze.com slash doc, our program from this morning. <laughs> theblaze.com slash doc. You can check it out. We regularly host mornings on the Blaze Radio Network, Monday through Friday, 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern Time. Uh, Back to the Donald Trump thing a little bit. It's very frustrating for me. I've tried to explain it even to family members um, that I don't hate Donald Trump. I, I wish Donald Trump was what people believe he is, but I know he's not. And you've probably heard that over and over again. The truth is Donald Trump has way too much in his past that is questionable at best. A political action committee has put together a collage. It's about a minute or so long of Donald Trump. And I think this lays out in about a minute the problem with Donald Trump.
0: Everybody's got to be covered. This is an un-Republican thing for me to say. Universal health care. I am going to take care of everybody. Who pays for it? The government's going to pay for it. The government's going to pay for it. This tax would raise approximately $5.7 In many cases, I probably identify more as a Democrat. I hate the concept of guns. I'm not in favor of it. Why are you joining the Reform Party? I really believe the Republicans are just too crazy right. I mean, hey. I lived in New York City and Manhattan all my life, okay? So, you know, my views are a little bit different than if I lived in Iowa, perhaps. Partial birth abortion. Would President Trump ban partial birth abortion? Well, look, I'm... I'm very pro-choice. But you would not ban it? No. Or ban partial birth abortion? No, I No. I am pro-choice in every respect. This is an unrepublican thing for me to say. Who do you think would be the best qualified to make a deal with Iran? Hillary's always surrounded herself with very good people. I think Hillary would do a good job. Make a deal with Iran. Well, I think Hillary would do a good job. Nancy Pelosi, the speaker. And I'm very impressed by her. I think she's a very impressive person. I like her a lot.
1: Donald Trump supporters, I ask you. How do you explain that away? I'm I'm not trying to be combative here. I want the person to do the right thing. I want to get somebody good in that's anti-establishment. Somebody that can actually bring some reform to D.C. to get it under control that has conservative, libertarian values. I want that. I just don't think Trump is it. And when I see stuff like that... How do you explain that
2: away? What what do they say to that? He's evolved on the issues. He's evolved on the issues. And I don't buy that argument because many of these pieces were just from 2015. This is not Donald Trump from 30 years ago who has had his come-to-Jesus moment where his eyes have been opened and he sees, oh, this is the better way of conservatism. It's not the case. This Donald Trump is a character.
1: So was he lying back then in all those interviews? Was he lying there or, you know... Being flexible there because it sounded good at the time or is he being flexible now and once again I say That's what I have to believe that he is not rigid in his core beliefs.
2: That's what that's that's my point My thing is I don't think he cares.
1: I don't think he really has an opinion on
2: guns I don't think he really has an opinion on partial birth abortion I think his only opinion is of himself and of money and business and expanding his his, his empire that's why I've said, too, that he, he has these troubling statements from the past. But even if he was to get the nomination and uh, was elected president, I think he would do fairly Republican things while being fairly. there. Because he would sure. be continue ke- uh, uh, keeping this character. But at the end of the day, in his heart, I don't think Donald Trump really cares about
1: any of the issues. Well, and faced with a tough issue, I think he has a possibility of selling out on some pretty decent-sized things here. Uh, remember, these clips are primarily just from last year or... Uh, or this year. A few go back, but it's not like 40 years. Here's the second half of that collage from a political action committee.
0: She was going to really look to impeach Bush and get him out of office, which personally I think would have been a wonderful thing. Impeaching him? Well, I thought he did a great job tonight. I thought he was strong and smart, and it looks like we have somebody that knows what he's doing. And it's a strong guy who really knows what he wants. And- this is what we need. Hillary's a great friend of mine. Uh, her husband is a great friend of mine. I think Hillary is going to take it, and I think Hillary is very, very capable. I'm I'm very pro-choice. A liberal in healthcare. Universal health coverage. I love the the universal. National. As far as single payer, it works in Canada. It works incredibly well in Scotland. It just seems that the economy does better under the Democrats than the Republicans. Donald Trump and I both agree that there ought to be more taxation what do you think of eminent domain i think it's a wonderful thing i'll be honest with you for people that have been here for years that have you know been hard workers have good jobs are supporting a family it's very very tough to just say you have to leave get out how do you throw somebody out that's lived in this country for 20 years you just can't throw everybody out he was basically a democrat And he was supportive of Democrats. He was supportive of a lot of the causes that you know I cared about, and the people I knew cared about.
1: I what more do you need? It's not one clip. It's not one damning thing. It's over and over and over again.
2: And I would also like to issue a a quick apology. Actually, we should have had a trigger warning on there for any video that contains
1: Elizabeth Warren. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I apologize.
2: I mean, if you have small children at home that we're watching, we apologize. apologize. We should have warned you ahead
1: of time. As soon as I saw it. You really need some sort of disclaimer up there. This video contains Elizabeth Warren. Take
2: a walk around the studio.
1: (laughs) We caution our audience. Not safe for work. Not safe for young children. Not safe at home. My question is, if you're going to put a trigger warning about Elizabeth warning, um, how?
2: Okay, and that's just a low What are you
1: talking blow. about? I just want to know how. It's just
2: a low blow. <laughs> and of course, the, the Native American Elizabeth Warren.
1: It's funny. When I've asked people that rabidly support Trump about this stuff, and I'm like, you know, I bring up certain ones of these issues. I've never brought up, like, all of these in succession like this. They just go, ah, you don't understand he's going to take on. He's the only one who can... He's the, he can beat, he can take on, he's anti and they, they just ignore all of this. Well, that's I, the thing,
2: and that's one of the things that, I mean, if there's anything I actually do like about Trump, it is that, is that he is going to be the obstructionist that we be, keep talking about. Right. That's not a bad word in D.C., mm-hmm. obstructionist. It's, our, our system of checks and balances is there for that express purpose. But you have to take a look at all the bad you'll be getting with maybe one of the potential But, but the thing votes. is,
1: he's not an obstructionist. That's the thing. Donald Trump is a deal maker. Our government is supposed to be. A gridlock, it's supposed to be those of you know obstruction, stopping each other from doing bad. Donald Trump, a deal maker, and a bad deal maker when it comes to you. for your first abortion. That's what we're going to provide you as a public service here. Tips for your first abortion. Really? It's a little, something a little bit different here. A little something different. Here's the thing, folks. Uh, We can argue abortion all day long, um, and we have over the years. My biggest frustration from people on the left that are pro-choice is the attitude that abortion has to be celebrated. That even if you're somebody that, for whatever the reason, believe that legalization of abortion or abortion being legal is a good thing, can you not promote it like it's a good thing? Can you not be like, woo, abortion, yeah, 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 yeah. And that's what I see over and over again. We had some knucklehead girl who uh, took a video and posted on YouTube of her abortion. Now, it wasn't particularly graphic. I mean, it had the sheet up here, but she's like this. I'm having an abortion down there. The doctor's like, yeah, she's having an abortion. All right, we're doing this thing. I feel fine. I feel great. Can you stop celebrating this stuff? At least.
2: Yeah, I mean, even if you do want to come of that, uh, of that uh, abortion should be legal. If you're saying, you know, within the first couple of weeks, if you find out, is it, is it really a life at that point? If you do come down on that side too... Whatever. I mean, I think there could probably be some common. Road. I would say, with uh, with rape and incest, too. Uh, but the whole people that can't even agree that at 20 weeks, 20 weeks, I mean, there's feet. You can see feet. You can count fingers and toes.
1: Can that stop being a gray area for debate?
2: That's my point, too. And, and again, even if you are of that, of that a school <laughs> thinking, you know, if it's just a couple of weeks in, if you just find out, yeah, I can look the other way. But shouldn't that still be something that you don't want to celebrate, that you... It's one of those things that you want to try, to try to keep from people that you should be a little ashamed of. It's the people that use abortion as birth control that drives me crazy.
1: Yeah, I, I am so tired of this being a positive thing. It, you know what? You don't have to carry or shouldn't have to carry this around as the greatest burden in your life forever. I'm not saying your attitude that you should punish yourself. That's between you and your God, and you have to decide. I'm, I'm not going to judge you on that. But can we at least not promote it like it's a good thing? Sue, guess what I did Tuesday? I had an abortion. It was fantastic. You should have one. Have you ever had an abortion? It's like you you should see. get four or five of them. They're great.
2: It's like they're scheduling a manicure or a pedicure. It's such a routine type thing that it has. Right. Like, it's not even looked at as a medical procedure anymore.
1: It's like, I got my hair done. Look at it. It's great. I got my abortion done. Here's pictures. You want to see? Horrible. Well, I say this because there's a, a blog out there that has 20 tips for your first abortion. We thought we'd run down some of these tips. Twenty tips for your first abortion. The first one, it does not matter if you were on birth control, if you forgot just this once, or if you didn't think about it at all. It does not matter if it was your husband. doesn't matter if it was your husband. Your boyfriend, or someone who is really working those olive corduroy pants, you are pregnant, and you are the one that's freaking the f out. Do you do you, do you see the problem with this right off? Aside from uh, the obvious, it's a tip for an abortion. You're having an abortion. Do you see the attitude here? It's more the attitude I'm talking about. First of all, nothing else matters except you. There's another fundamental flaw with abortion is that it is unifocused. And that's a problem with America in general now. That's the progressive attitude that only I matter. Nothing else matters. The child or potential child inside me, the other person who created that child, none of that matters. It doesn't matter if your husband is the one who got you pregnant. You're the one that's freaking the F out. Uh, by the way, though, Doc, I mean, you said you were going to lay some tips out. What was the first tip? I mean,
2: I heard that paragraph you read, but what was it? Yeah, that wasn't,
1: that's, they said that's their tip. That's but not a it's tip. Not
2: that's okay. It uh, uh, doesn't matter who knocked you up. You're the one who's freaking out. I don't see a tip in yeah, that.
1: Yeah, it's not really a tip. Uh, that's more of a statement or something like that. Okay,
2: so we have 19 tips for your first
1: abortion. Um, <laughs> okay, wait a minute. I'm really frustrated by the attitude of husband or boyfriend. The, the male part of this whole thing. If you have a child and you say hey I need help with it you go to the government and you say that guy got me pregnant he's gonna have to pay for it and the government says yes father also has to be responsible and pay for it okay that's fine both a father and mother should provide for the care of a child I believe in that doesn't matter who has custody they should be equally responsible in the care and comfort and financial support of a child I absolutely agree the problem is That the woman gets to choose whether or not she has the child. The father has no say whether or not they have the child. In this case, it doesn't matter if it's your husband or boyfriend or whatever. You're the one that's freaking the F out. You're the one who has to deal with it. You can terminate the life or you can choose to have it. If you terminate it, that person who helped you create this child is now losing. They may be crushed by this. And they have no say in it. If you decide to have the child, they are financially responsible. Also have no say in it. Have no say in it, but they're financially responsible. So I say, in this scenario, we have to bring these things in line. Even if you're pro-choice, how come a father doesn't have rights? You don't want the husband or father of the child to have a say in whether or not you can have an abortion? Fine. Then guess what? They're not on the hook for child support. Dude, I can't believe Are you
2: okay with that? I can't believe how sexist and
1: misogynistic you're
2: being right now
1: that's I that's mean, called an being, anti-woman that's I just... called being fair wow so on to the first tip of our 19 tips for your first abortion all right uh, tell
2: someone who will support you tell a friend a family <laughs> member post it on reddit what...
1: <laughs> okay Continue. <laughs> flag on <laughs> the play i gotta stop you course. right there all right uh, you get a lot of support on reddit probably actually <laughs> okay yeah but my point is that your support for people you don't even know exactly but then, okay. Yeah. So this is
2: tell someone you know, like your internet friends on Reddit. You know, you could always just whisper it to your cat, Miss Poke. No, you are not alone in this. Miss Poke is the name of her cat. Dr. Thompson, your thoughts on the woman who is preparing for her first abortion has a pussy cat named Miss Poke.
1: Well, that's your problem right there. You have a cat. That's uh, that's going to be your first problem. Uh, the second problem is that your only options, the only people you can confide in that care about you, is a cat. Or people that you believe are your friends on Reddit—they're my friends too. You don't understand. I'm it's very Ms. close Polk. with them. It's
2: Miss Poke. Can you have some your cat? It's Miss Poke.
1: I don't think Miss Poke is the cat Ms. in this Polk. abortion okay. scenario. Tip number three. <laughs> I think that's a, a fail right there. Tip number two of our 19 tips Thank you. for uh, your first abortion. Here it is. Google is your best friend and worst enemy. So could you whisper it to Google then? Maybe. Yeah. By the way, Google, I'm having an abortion. Avoid any website that uses the word life. Wow. Do you know, you know what that's doing right there? That's the we don't want you to back out. We are all in this together. See, the problem with people who promote abortion like this, they're not trying to make you feel good about abortion. They're trying to make themselves feel good about abortion. And they're trying
2: and, to get a win for abortion yes. here. The more people that can go out there and be like, well, you know, <clears throat> I did this and it wasn't that
1: horrible. Then I mean- they're not as horrible of a person. That's how they feel. That's, that's the whole point of this. You, if you have your abortion, why are you promoting with other people? You made a choice for you. Leave it alone. Why aren't they? Because misery loves company, and they don't feel as guilty if you've had an abortion, and we can pretend that it's a wonderful thing. Uh, continue tip number two. Uh, any website that uses the word life you should be avoiding, they will not help you. Also, avoid all images, all of them, even if it promises to be a cartoon drawing called Olivia the Ovary. I don't know what that is. Is that a thing? They will not help you either. Either Uh, read medical articles, know your options, treat it like applying to grad school. Too much information and you drown. Too little information and you drown. Tread tread lightly. Wasn't it like be ignorant? Wasn't it her time in grad school that led to the situation to begin with? You're talking about Miss Poke? Yeah, exactly. Mm, Possibly, possibly. Mm. Uh, Tip number three now for your uh, 19 tips for your first abortion. Of course, an obvious seeming tip is make
2: the appointment. Don't be offended if the person on the Phone doesn't give uh, crap. Take. The, <laughs> I have to censor this as I'm going. Uh, take the nonchalance as a sign that it's no big deal.
1: It could be like a teeth cleaning, a very, very deep teeth cleaning. <laughs> That's, That's what she puts it. I thought you were trying to help them. Don't be scared. Don't let people get in your head. It's like a teeth cleaning, a very deep teeth cleaning.
2: Is that kind of ominous sounding? <laughs> yeah, because teeth cleaning. I don't like the dentist, all right? I don't like having to go get my teeth cleaned. So if you right. tell me that any sort of
1: procedure is like, it's
2: just like a really, really deep teeth cleaning. I'm out, baby. <laughs> I'm out.
1: Shouldn't, you, shouldn't they have said, it's like a casual teeth cleaning, a light teeth cleaning? You know, it's not one of those uh, deep ones where they get in the pockets, you know, or anything like that.
2: Or if you're trying to sell it, tell it it's like it's like getting a sucker from the doctor's office or something.
1: That's true, that's true, that's true. All right, uh, tip number four of 19 tips for your first abortion. The uh, time between making the appointment and going to the appointment is the worst. Stay busy. Drink heavily. Wow. You are not showing Again, things yet. that led to the situation to begin with. All right. Talk to Miss Poke some more. Drink some more. You're still not showing. It will be over soon. Um, is drinking a whole lot good before a medical procedure? I think that's probably not good probably mm-hmm. not. Continuing now with the uh, 19 tips for your first abortion. Is it more for Miss
2: Poke? I'm sure there will be. Trust me, there's a lot more <laughs> I for I hope Polk. this
1: ends with uh, the the 19th one. Go out and start over again, Miss Poke. I bet there's... The, I, 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 I 19, guarantee you. I'm not even looking at there's am a, I.
2: there's a tip very similar to that. Number 5 on the 19 tips for your first abortion. In the waiting room, don't assume anything about anyone except that they aren't assuming anything about you. Read the
1: package. Please, packets. you're all in there for an abortion. Y'all been sleeping around. Read the packets.
2: Well, skim the packets. They'll repeat it all again later. <laughs> well, so don't actually read about sex. this procedure that you're going to have. Don't take a look at those packets and go too much into it because they're all going to talk about it later. Just skim through. You might see the the image of of, uh, of Olivia the ovary too. <laughs> Do you get to take Miss Poke with you? I think she takes it most places, actually. You think so? Her um, emotional support in this poke.
1: <laughs> Tip number six of the 19 tips for your first abortion. By the way, this is first abortion, too. Do these also apply for your second abortion? No, and third? no, very different tips for your second abortion. Okay, all right. Uh, number six, it will cost around $600. Consider the cost of raising a child. Consider the cost of that Beyonce concert ticket you almost bought. Now, let it go.
2: Let it go. Oh, Let don't, it go. Don't go there with the frozen. Uh, continuing now, the seventh tip of the 19 tips for your first abortion. Don't be offended by leading questions. The nurses are concerned about your safety. It only sounds like a Lifetime movie. Answer honestly. So kind go and admit to all question. the drug use and all the sexual parts oh, you've Oh, that's had. what
1: it is. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> tip number eight of the 19 tips for your first abortion. Technology that tells you exactly how far along you are now exists. And... It is terrible. You want to be zero days along, negative days along, but listen, when the nurse says 6 weeks and 5 days, don't dwell on this number.
2: what, is, what does that mean? What does that Okay, you to want mean? to know the truth? Yeah, I don't know what they're trying to get with. Here's
1: you that the thing. Way. It's easier and easier to explain away your guilt and to say it's not a life the younger it is. If you're a day pregnant versus 38 weeks pregnant, most people think there's a little bit of a difference. Even if you still think it's a life on day one, you still recognize a difference there. So if they're telling you, "Oh, you're seven weeks along," the person's going, "Oh my gosh, I'm seven. It's been growing for seven weeks. That's more like a baby." That's what they're saying here. No. Help, uh, let us help you excuse your guilt for killing a child. That's that's what it's about.
2: Uh, more tips, number ten now of the nineteen tips for your first abortion. They're going no, to be. No,
1: that's number uh, number nine. Oh, I'm sorry. It's right down here. See number. Right there. In the, oh, oh say,
2: I, I skipped one. I'm sorry. No, I apologize. Skip is trying
1: to shortchange you on a tip here.
2: No, I, I don't, in case anybody out there is considering their first abortion watching tonight. Right, right. i to go to watch. Yeah, it, so, it,
1: Hopefully you're writing these down.
2: Yeah. So tip number nine, if you say nothing, you will see nothing during the ultrasound. The nurses are humans, not monsters, just like
1: you. <laughs> tip number 10 for uh, 19 for your first abortion. There are going to be other people in the room. Don't wonder why one chose neon green nail polish. Don't look for fear in the eyes of the puppy dogs dotting their scrubs. They are professionals. They chose to be here just like you. Okay. Let just move on. Just move on, okay. yeah.
2: Tip number 11, you know the medium-sized metal bowls you use to mix pancake batter? The bowl that your parents stored Halloween candy in? That bowl will also be in the room. And it's for exactly what you think it is. What the hell does that mean? Well, I mean, when well, who going to have have wait, an abortion what, what, is going to be so troubled by by a metal bowl in the room? Like y- you're so concerned with how they're going to dispose of it, but not concerned with them ripping it out of your uterus?
1: Wait a wait a minute. I'm more disturbed by the batter bowl and the Halloween bowl. If I was in there and I've made this decision to have my first abortion and I'm like, okay, let me just get through this or whatever. I know there's going to be devices and disposal methods in there. Fine. I'm not necessarily looking at a metal bowl and envisioning it until you put this in my head, you knucklehead. You're not even helping the people you're trying to help. This okay, could, that just creeped me This out. could have also said, you know that
2: shop vac you have in the garage? Right, no, it's serious. There's going to be one re- in the room, and it's for exactly what you think it's How for. How
1: barbaric. You put that out there. Oh, my gosh. What a scumbag. Tip number 12 of 19 for your first abortion. They are dilating you only the size of a pencil. But it feels Montana-wide and big enough to smuggle kilos of cocaine. Be in awe at the depth of your body.
2: That's probably when we should just move on Let's from move on. as well. Yeah.
1: Number thirteen now there
2: will be a pain. Mm. Let me start that over. There will be a pain like someone sucking or pulling out your insides.
1: I'm gonna be giving somebody's guess, tips. I was for, gonna say this isn't a tip. That sounds like a
2: pretty scary one.
1: This I, isn't a tip. This is a tip. This is just here's what's gonna happen. They're blurring tip and
2: procedures. That seems awfully graphic as a tip. Why don't you just say there is going to be some discomfort? Deal
1: with it. Yeah, that sounds a little bit better. Uh, tip number 14. There will be a noise like someone sucking or pulling out your insides. So there will be a pain, and then the next one is there's also a sound like that. Be mad at the Dyson guy that he did not put his energizers elsewhere. Focus on the classical music playing in the background. Imagine if Bach ever knew. What it would be used for.
2: I didn't think we'd actually get a vacuum reference in here.
1: Yeah. Was, uh, you were being sarcastic there. sarcastic but there. Yeah. Apparently yeah. they don't care either.
2: Number 15 now on the 19 tips for your first abortion. Tell the doctor where you work. Redefine the meaning of small talk. Listen to her as she raves about the new Vietnamese. Yeah, I'm sorry. Her? To, oh, it's not going to be a It's only totally female doctors. Oh, no, gotcha. Of course. There's, there's gotcha. no male doctors mm. doing abortions these days. Uh, remember that she raves about the new Vietnamese sub shop off Grand. Watch her <laughs> nod at the nurses. Let her rub your arm until it's all done. Fah? little fah place around the corner.
1: So, after I'm done here, you want to roll over and... Uh, get some fah? Some vermicelli, something like that? I love a good fah. Me I miss, mean, do that fish sauce? Me and this poke love a good fah. <laughs> well, who doesn't? Absolutely. Wow, that's uh, really horrible, too. Th- this vacillates between the extreme disgust and disturbing to... Just get some noodles when you're done. Did no. you notice that? No. All right, tip number 16. Feel... Tears well up as they remove the tools. Propping you open. Let the tears go. Don't sit up until they tell you. Feel lightheaded. Dress slowly and leave the room. The tip is to feel lightheaded lightheaded. Okay, you won't feel lightheaded, but you should try to. Again, some of these are tips and some of these are stupid? Why why would you be crying? Why why are they crying? You've already told us it's not life, it doesn't matter. And the sucking is not discomfort, right? So in, in fairness, I have cried after a really deep teeth cleaning. Though, just so. the deep ones, all right. <laughs> just the deep ones.
2: Yeah. Tip number seventeen. In the next room, listen to the instructions from nurses with the soothing Caribbean music. Uh, the, I'm sorry, accent. Assume she's in the room just because of the nice accent. Eat the animal crackers. Drink the apple juice. Realize the tears were about hormones and relief. Breathe deeply. See, the tears wasn't about the life being grasped from your body. It's about the discomfort.
1: Are you allowed to take this list with you? I don't think I'd remember all of these I if I think were so them. No. Hey, Amon came through it like a champ. Did you feel the Dyson guy, Mon? Did you feel it, Mon? Not only is this Caribbean. list
2: not only is this list sexist, it's also racist. Yeah, why is it a Caribbean so what the, nurse? the aftercare nurses are always Always Caribbean. Caribbean? They
1: know all about post-abortion care That's, like no other. They train like them. them. It's inbred is what it is. It's part of who they are. It's their culture. Is that what Miss Cleo is doing these I days? I think so, yeah. She went from that, yeah. And she knew she would be I doing that. Actually, see, exactly, you know. yeah. Tip number 18 out of 19 for your first abortion. Go to the bathroom and look at the charts that depicts how much blood is too much blood. Wonder at the verbiage, a scant amount, a surplus. Steal some extra pads from the basket by the door. Back. Good. So, yeah, yeah, and then uh, do you have 19? Last uh, but not least, one? yeah. yeah, what yeah it's,
2: uh, go home, relax, right. eat a big meal, process your emotions, right? Take a shower, talk with
1: your friends. Okay, this is like 400 tips. Now you you couldn't get the first so, one, no, but now they, you got a bunch here. Because
2: here's the thing, they crammed all 20 in the very no, last, last one. Okay. So yeah, mm-hmm. uh, uh, cry with your friends, make inappropriate jokes about how you were. Killing it today and laugh with your friends. Yeah, laugh with your friends about killing it as you're giving an abortion. Eat a pound of chocolate. Mm. Listen to some Bon Iver. Take aspirin. What's Bon Iver? It's It's a band. It's an artist. I think okay. I'm saying it wrong, but uh, listen. Oh, see. This is more your style. Listen to some ABBA. I like the <laughs> ABBA. dance with Miss Poke. Watch a movie. Take your antibiotics. Whoa,
1: dancing with Miss Poke. See, we said it. It's going to get again, you there again. Again, this is what got you in trouble. That's what got you in trouble. Buy
2: a new dress off of Zappos. Use a heating pad. Call your mom. Reread a book from your teenage years. Do whatever you want. Make a list of all the things you've learned.
1: Okay, so there's your tips for your first abortion. Uh, what are your tips for your second abortion?
2: I just, I don't even know at this point.
1: Do you, do you, I mean, I, I think I mean, it's that probably point, scaled down.
2: Pro. Yeah, I mean, you're, gonna, you're already at least going to understand about the discomfort. You're going to be familiar <laughs> with a Caribbean nurse, things of that nature. You've seen the shop. Your back.
1: first one. You've seen the pancake bowl. You're covered. <laughs> Your second one. In Stroll in, smoke a cigarette, eat lunch while they're doing it. Cash out, right? I mean, ask the doctor how her kids are. <laughs> What's new in your life since my fourth abortion, right? Haven't seen you in a while. Make an appointment for your fifth abortion. Is that that's what they are, right? I know, with like
2: a really deep cleaning, they can just schedule one six months out. Right, mm-hmm. so you
1: just go ahead and schedule it. In
2: extreme cases. You know, you probably should just up. do that,
1: right? You're probably going to hit it. And then uh, no matter where you are in that uh, that plan, you're going to be okay to have that abortion. Well, right? and,
2: and as we get closer and closer to a single-payer system here in America, you're going to need to point those things six months out because you're not going to be able to get an appointment to begin with.
1: Oh my gosh, I hadn't thought about that. Ooh, let's get to a break. Doc and Skip in for patents too. Pat and Stu. feel good about what we've done. I mean, just helping people with their first abortion, their second, their 30th abortion. That's a a good thing. That's a good day today. Thanks so much for joining us, Doc. And Skip in for Pat and Stu today. I'll also be guest hosting for Glenn Beck tonight on his television program that airs at 5 p.m. Eastern time. So make sure to join us here on The Blaze TV. And you can catch our morning radio program tomorrow morning on The Blaze Radio Network. Just go to theblaze.com slash doc for details on our program there. There is a new course at Northwestern University, Deconstructing Whiteness. Skip LaCombe, your thoughts on deconstructing whiteness. What needs to be deconstructed about whiteness? What do you mean? You need to break it down. What is so friggin'
2: complicated? Why has race become such a complicated issue in America? That things need to be deconstructed. Mm -hmm. That black lives matter and all lives don't matter. That a course actually needs to happen called deconstructing whiteness. I mean, why is race such a huge issue in America? I don't get it. We keep saying that we want to move on from that. Why don't we all move on from that? Having courses about deconstructing whiteness does not go to your point of, of advancing the discussion and saying, okay, we're finally beyond that. This shines a big light on the problems that we actually do have that we can't stop talking about it.
1: I think I can answer all of your questions with one word. What's that? Racist.
2: No, I'm not racist. Racist. No, the, 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 the fact of the matter is I've transcended Revisionist.
1: Race. Revisionist. No, I've, I've just racist. I've transcended Racist. Revisionist. Race. This is a, a six-part workshop at Northwestern University, Deconstructing Whiteness. And uh, students who enroll in this must commit to going to every single class skip. And the students who enroll in it are students who self-identify as white. Okay, so these, so these white students... No, to, no. I'm sorry, sorry. These... Students self- who self-identify as white. Well, let's
2: call them white. You know, we don't want to go ahead and... Uh, You're trying not to be identity. offensive, is Yeah, that? I don't want to be mm-hmm. offensive. So these mm-hmm. students who self-identify are white, because mm-hmm. they self-identify as white
1: have to agree to go to
2: every single class
1: yes they can now it's a voluntary program you don't have to take this but if you do you have to go to all six classes
2: what if you miss one of the classes
1: what do they do i don't know maybe they take away your white card i don't know you lose your white card but would you really want to would you really want to miss a class i mean you know class three is all about mayonnaise <laughs> i don't know sure. it's the mayonnaise class i gotta tell you though, if i had the opportunity to sit in these classes I'd probably go, just because it'd be pretty good content for the show. Oh, I would love to, and sit in there and mock. Gonna... I have a question. When do we get to uh, all the mayonnaise, all yeah. the stuff on mayonnaise? You get that?
2: No. Oh, no, here's what you do, too. Like, say you show up late to one of the classes, too. Like, you really had the intent to get there, but you show up late, too. And the, the, the professors are like, oh, why weren't you there? Why weren't you there? They'd be like, I couldn't get a cab. One just wouldn't stop for me. It's the craziest thing. I was out there hailing a cab. 20 minutes, they kept going. They picked up a black guy down the street. I couldn't get a cab.
1: Excuse me. I was told that there would be crackers. Are there going to be crackers here or not? I just came for the, the <laughs> crackers. I don't know what's going on with that. Uh, according to the class, um, this is what you can expect. Um, They said that you're going to be dealing specifically of issues of white privilege. You'll be dealing with that. Uh, The workshop will focus on terminology used in conversations of race, the history and meaning of whiteness, white guilt, and the difference between intellectualizing and feeling racism. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. Intellectualizing well, and feeling racism. You have
2: to break that down for me. What are
1: you talking about? What, Intelli-
2: is, what is the difference between intellectualizing and feeling racism? You, now you're saying, I mean, if if you are are, mm. are given a scenario in which you you simply feel like somebody said something something racist, but right. it actually wasn't. Right. You're just feeling it as opposed to. And I, I feel like you could kind of use it for both, intellectualizing them or feeling
1: Listen, them. I haven't taken this deconstructing whiteness class. Clearly we should because we're at a loss here. But I would expect, since they said you will tell um, uh, the difference between intellectualizing and feeling racism, um, I, what they're probably saying is feeling racism and it actually being racist, intellectualizing it, are, are the same. Is that, is that akin to them saying even if it doesn't exist, it's real because you're feeling it?
2: I don't know. I mean, they specifically lay out the difference in them, too. And if they're trying to lump those Mm. two together, saying that if one is true, the other is, then I guess they're kind of watering down the concept that they're different.
1: Hmm. Interesting. Uh, Yeah, we probably need to take this. Um, It's uh, hosted in collaboration with the university's Women's Center.
2: Okay, why? Why is the Women's Center all of a sudden Because they're
1: bitchy, the... too, just like minorities. Wow. Seriously. Wow. I'm, see, that's what you have here. People bitching and they shouldn't bitch. Get back to work. There's nothing to see. I don't care if you're a woman or you're a minority or whatever. If you're a progressive, you're bitching. I don't want any part to do it. But get back to work. There's a lot of stuff to be done. Get back to work. No. Oh. Seriously, that's, that's what I see here. These are the same people that are dividing people up. I don't care until you come up with nonsense like this, and then I'm forced to care and mock you. Get back to work. There may not be racism, but I feel there's racism. You don't understand. Again, I want to know what happens if you, if you miss one of these classes. I mean, if they've,
2: what, are you signing some sort of paperwork at the beginning of class saying that you're going to be in every class? What if, there's a, what if there's a death in your family? Would that not be an acceptable reason to leave?
1: All I know is it says, quote, Students applying for the program are required to commit to attend all six sessions, seemingly preventing students from abandoning the program if they don't like it or feel uncomfortable. That's what's going to happen. People are going to, they're going to get in there and go, oh, this is going to be great because uh, I'm white and I know I have white privilege just like I've been brainwashed to believe. So I'm going to go ahead and deconstruct white privilege. And then you're going to get in there and realize they're just banging on white people just because they can to make themselves feel better.
2: But this is seemingly to prevent people from feeling uncomfortable. Isn't the entire purpose that college has been surrounded upon recently designed to not make people feel uncomfortable? Oh my gosh! Isn't right. that the reason that we have this entire thing to deconstruct racism because white people are making black people feel uncomfortable?
1: and, it, and brown people and, and brown people,
2: people, all minorities yep. too. Mm-hmm. So we want to make sure that on college campuses we don't make anybody feel uncomfortable, except for the white people. The white people can feel uncomfortable. Well, white
1: men. White men. D- Is it? White Christian men. Self-identified white Christian men. Conservative white Christian men say that's what it is. And Skip, there it is. You've just boiled it down to what it's really about. It's not about equality. It's not about some people being kept down. It's not about racism, genderism, sexism, or any of this other stuff. It comes down to one thing. There are groups of people who want what other people have. There are groups of people who feel bad about themselves, whether it's money, power, influence, notoriety, whatever it is. And they are saying we are going to take down the people we perceive standing in the way, the people that is believed to be on the top rung. That's it. And they perceive men and white people to be on that top rung because they have been the majority or had more power over the years. That's all it is. They can say what they want. This altruistic feel good attitude. It's not that it comes down to that basic selfishness. Of course they're going to masquerade it in all this other stuff in order to brainwash people but that's it we don't want people to be uncomfortable unless you're one of these people we want to be uncomfortable
2: sad state of affairs though right now
1: sad state. a fight club is this a real light fight club oh there's a real live fight club Oh, okay, he's in the, of the movie, Fight Club. Ah. And you know the first rule of Fight Club. Of course, you don't talk about Fight Club. Man. Okay, you know the second rule of Fight you
2: Club. You don't talk about Fight, dude. We should probably not even go there.
1: Coming up, we're going to talk about Fight Club. You don't talk about Fight Club. We're going to talk about Fight Club. Doc and Skip in for that, too. I'm not talking about Fight Club.
2: Club. Don't talk about Fight Club.
1: First rule of Monster Fight Club. Not a whole lot of rules to Monster Fight Club. There's no rules to Monster Fight Club, but you can't talk about it, apparently. Some people think there are rules to Monster Fight Club. There's no rules to Monster Fight Club. This is a real-life fight club, kind of like the, the movie Fight Club in China, where as part of an underground circuit, people can go and fight. There's at least one facility where people would go into a big room where there's a, a ring. People get into the ring and start duking it out. Become really popular over there.
2: Yeah, and if you've seen the movie Fight Club, this, this club appears to operate on a fairly similar type thing. Um, how it lays out, it's in, it's in China's uh, Chengdu province. That's the capital of China's southwestern Sichuan province. And yeah, there's this bar that's set up. Uh, they put competitors into a small cage um, and they go to town fights. There's uh, a blue collar, white collar, all kinds of people from all, all over the country have gone and participated in this, and they uh, are cash bouts. Uh, the average takes home about 53 um, pounds per uh, per fight, but the grand champion fights, the main fights of the night, as much as uh, 5,300 pounds.
1: That's a lot of weight. It's a lot is of weight. That, is that heavy weight then? Is that what that is? Fifty three hundred
2: pounds the pound, the dollar. They're, oh, boss. the money.
1: Oh, in England. Okay, gotcha. Pounds, that makes a lot yeah. more sense. I was like, wow, that's gargantuan. Is that a whole group of people, or how does that work? <laughs> but uh, Interesting. Um, yeah this is just bizarre would would you i've never seen the allure to this would you ever do this no
2: i uh i don't i don 't get the uh stereotypical um bro machismo, throwing down bro fighting. I fight I, i'll always i've always been one to <clears throat> kind of be a bit of the smart ass and talk my way out of those types of situations i mean i've been in a couple basic fights. Um, but, yeah, I, I would never look to, to seek out something like this.
1: Yeah, I'm not going to necessarily run from a fight, but why, I don't get the allure of this. It's just the adrenaline. This is the special type of, this is the bros, right? This is the frat boy, bro, you know, just want to go out and drink at a bar so you can get in a fight. I, the, the type you A aggressive it.
2: attitude. Too. Yeah, yeah that's, that's something, too, that's always been really lost on me, too. You're I, that big of a tough have...
1: guy. You know what? Go, go fight a moose. How about that? Go, go punch a moose. Go fight a bear. How about that? Well, and then, well no, we'll see how tough you are.
2: That's stupid. Well, information's now coming out, too, that as part of this monster fight club circuit, too, some semi-professional fighters are starting to get into it because there's, there's cash prizes there. So does it change it for you at all if you were in a situation when you might be fighting an accountant who works down the street or somebody who actually is a semi-pro fighter?
1: Maybe, maybe, if I knew the person, because there's a couple people around here I'd like to punch. Okay. So fair. if you go, or maybe even down the street, I'm like, oh... Oh, you're going to the Fight Club thing too, huh? Maybe I will do this as well. Now, this is just stupid. Would you ever go to one of these? This is underground. This is not the cleaned-up version they put on TV or anything like that. This is underground in a dark building somewhere, kind of hidden from the law.
2: Yeah, I would check it out. The way I understand this out is that this location actually does have have a bar that surrounds it. There's an elevated bar that looks down on this pit, for lack of a better term, uh, that you are able to see people in. I think it's you're a just go there for the meter. bar, though
1: you just going there for the booze. A little
2: entertainment, though.
1: Would you go there just to see it?
2: Yeah, I probably would. Just because it's such a, a unique spectacle, this isn't something that you're going to probably have a whole lot of opportunities mm-hmm. to see. It doesn't happen a whole lot, at least not publicly. See, I think that's interesting. I mean, if I was in, if what, I was in wait, China what, with nothing what else to do that What about the seedy
1: night? nature of it? Are you a little more worried about your safety being oh, there? No, I like the seedy nature of it. Yeah, see, I'd be a little concerned about that, but I'd like to see it otherwise. Like, what How about you- a cockfight? Would you go to a cockfight? You're in a Um, foreign country, something bizarre, a buddy of a buddy of a friend, somebody says, hey, we're going to go to a cockfight, a similar setting, go.
2: Probably not. Why don't you go to a cockfight? Because at least the humans are consenting. What are you talking about? I mean, I'm not not by any shape of the imagination a crazy animal rights type person. But it's still a
1: spectacle like you laid out in the first scenario.
2: Yeah, but the the animals don't have a choice in it, really.
1: But you would go home and have a chicken dinner, right? Yeah, absolutely. And they're going to die. That's not for sport, though. That's for, for... for survival. Still gonna die though.
2: <laughs> well, I at the end of the Fight Club, they don't there. kill the
1: guy either. But at the end of the cockfight, they always kill the. Yeah, see, I put them on the same level. This is all just you put them on the stupid, same level. A cockfight versus absolutely human and dogfights too. It's all just seedy underground crap. That, oh no, I view, I
2: view it very very <clears throat> different.
1: uh Do you see dogfights and uh, cockfights being the same?
2: No. Oh I mean, actually, essentially, yeah, yeah.
1: Essentially, or yeah.
2: Uh, I mean, I haven't formulated a full opinion, but yeah, on, on the yeah, face no, of it. it yeah, no, I see it all the same. I
1: see it all the same. Dogfighting, cockfighting, all seedy underground nationalism. I feel human whatever. fights
2: is much different,
1: though. No, I don't see it like that. Cockfighting and all, it's just uh, stupid stuff that people do to bet on. Go home, do something good in the world instead of being a tough guy. It's all crap. Um, apparently, there is a teenager. Uh, and it's amazing. This is kind of like a Doogie Hauser thing, I think. Um, the, the young kid becomes a doctor at such a young age that people try to shut him down that they can't take him as a serious doctor. His name is Dr. Love Robinson, uh, Malachi Love hyphen Robinson in West Palm Beach area. And he, he opens this clinic as a as a young wait, Doogie wait, Howser. Doc, is, no,
2: Doc, I, I, I hate to... This is, this is less of a Doogie <clears throat> hauser type story, right. and much more of a Frank Abagnale type story. From Catch Me If You Can? Catch Me If You Can, yeah, he's not a doctor.
1: Well, and Fra- what are you talking about, Frank Abagnale Jr.? I mean, this is a kid who was a pilot. He, no. he got all of this education and experience no, you, you and just, licensing. Stop it, kid. What are you talking about? This was a kid. This was a con He wasn't a man. doctor?
2: It's not even a con man. This was a con kid.
1: <laughs> no, if, you,
2: if you've seen the movie Catch Me If You Can, which is, again, a real-life story of uh, Frank Abagnale, Jr., too, who ran away from home, uh, uh, was able to uh, uh, fraudulently gain access to uh, make people think he was a pilot for Pan Am. Uh, he went on to, uh, to get his uh, uh, lawyer uh, to pass the bar, become a lawyer. Then he also opened up a medical practice as well, all before the age of, I think, 21, actually. Mm-hmm. A pretty incredible story. This seems to be a very similar story out of West Palm Beach as this uh, a kid opened up a practice and was able to fool people. Dr. Love believing. Robinson. It's, it's his kid.
1: This Dr. Kid. Love-Robinson.
2: Look, that looks legitimate, though. I mean, he's got his little uh, stethoscope or a uh, spig spignom- nominometer or whatever they call that. And look kid. at it, he,
1: he is a Ph.D. as well as an HHP-C and an AMP-C. Okay, so, I mean, you're going to
2: have to tell me what that means. I don't know what those...
1: You know, it's too long. You're HHP. not going to understand it. Those of us that are doctors kind of understand this thing, so uh, we'll, just, we'll just move on. What are you a get. doctor of? Let's just move on. Uh, Dr. Love Robinson opened his clinic in West Palm Beach, and some people had some problem with it. I don't know why they want to shut him down. There's a kid just trying to do good, and uh, he's going to be in a little bit of trouble now.
2: Yeah, he's going to be in a lot of trouble, I think.
1: Uh, I would think that there could be multiple charges, not just uh, 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 pretending to be a doctor, but did he see patients, and how many did he see? Couldn't all of them, could they sue him um, uh, civilly as well? I don't know. And see. That's one of the interesting things about the story too, is that it, it is now coming out
2: and starting to break, but we still don't have a ton of information about what was really going on there. I mean, I'm sure now that this information is coming out, you're going to probably have some of his patients come out and provide some more details to it. But uh, yeah, this guy masquerading as a doctor.
1: State health officials <clears throat> got a call at Crime Stoppers uh, about him masquerading as a doctor. So how did they know? Who called and said, I don't think this kid's a doctor? Is it somebody he knew is like, I know that kid. I grew up with him. He's not a doctor. Or is it somebody that went there and was there a tip off in the office that said, I don't think this guy's a doctor.
2: Maybe one of his nurses like saw his PhD and saw that it was from like a Cracker Jack box or
1: something. Did he, did he have nurses in there? Did he hire him? And you're like, he doesn't seem to know a whole lot.
2: Or maybe it's the fact that he didn't have any nurses in there that was suspicious.
1: It's just him? You no, know, Dr. Malachi is a, takes my blood pressure. No, that's out. how we keep the cost low. It's just me working out of the trunk of my car. By the way,
2: we're cash only now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> or insane. we'll do some barter system cash or crack. $4 or a crack rock. That's our going rate, just <laughs> so you know. Um, it was the new birth, new life uh, doctor's office. New birth, new life. Now, does that mean he specializes as like an OBGYN? I don't think so. It was like an urgent care. New birth, new life, medical center, and urgent care. And on his website, it listed Love Robinson as its president, CEO, and founder, along with him in that, the picture of him in his lab coat. Wow. So, yeah, well, okay. Your wife comes home and says, honey, you remember that doctor I went to last week? Because I had that little problem, and I stripped down and whatever, blah blah blah. It turns out he's not really a doctor; he's just some eighteen-year-old kid. How do you handle it? Um, I mean, I would be shocked. I would be concerned. I would be. You're gonna take him to Fight Club?
2: Uh, probably. Yeah.
1: You take him down to Fight Club?
2: Yeah, I probably would actually.
1: Civil suit? There's gonna be something like that. Yeah. No, I'm not gonna sue him. I'll just take care of it myself. Probably. See, well, at 18, is even gonna have any cash? Maybe you could garner future wages or something like that. Uh, yeah, if it's me, not so much. I mean, I would be annoyed by it, and he's going to have to pay for it. But if it's a member of my family, it's going to be trouble for him, trouble on many, many levels for him. Oh,
2: no, I mean, if it was me, that's a much different story. I mean, at that point, I want to get him on to interview him because he's going to be an interesting character at least. <laughs> so how thing. did you do it?
1: Here's the thing. I don't think you should have to be licensed to practice medicine. I don't think you should have to have a, a license. And people go, well, how do I know if I'm getting real? Just make, make the law that it, you have to be transparent. You have to explain your background and make it available. And then you and I... You and I would be able to determine if it's a doctor we want to go to. You go to their website, you look on their wall, you can go look up all their credentials, how long they've been practicing, their success rates, any cases pending against them, any past legislation or uh, lawsuits against them. And you could say, hey, this person has a 97 percent approval rate like you do on uh, eBay or something. Well, and under right? your
2: scenario, I mean, you can't still have medical licenses that are still available sure, to get absolutely, training, right, training, right. it's just not required to have it. So I mean, if you want to, oh, I, I have to go to somebody completely reputable and has a long history. Of practicing, we well, can go to that. But if you want to go to the discount Joe guy, who's going to couch you half the price, you may or may not get one. But based off of ratings, based off of, of of
1: experience. And then you know you go, you know what? I don't have a lot of money, and I'm willing to gamble on this. It seems like a relatively simple thing. It's just a little pain in my leg or something like that. we getting a teeth pulled or tooth or, pulled or, or, or whatever dental for a procedure. Right. You, know? you go. Okay, I'll go to the discount guy. He's ten percent of what the reputable guys. And look. Everybody on his website loves him. Well,
2: and even, too, at the end of the day, I mean, if you break it down to something as simple as, as a dental procedure, say that there's a person that is not a trained dentist but has worked at a dentist's office for 20 years, good friends with a bunch of dentists, and uh, a dentist trained in, hey, you know what? The procedure for pulling a teeth, tooth is actually pretty simple. All you got to do is dead A couple of hair, shots, you hair, do this, you do pull that. This out. And if that person wanted to take that knowledge, let's say he was an expert in tooth right. removal. Hey, listen, I don't do anything else. I can't even clean your teeth, but I, I can remove it for you, and it's a quarter of the
1: price would you go? Absolutely, without question. As long as I can do the research, and it's accurate, without question. As long as there's full transparency, I definitely go. Because there's going to be somebody that's discount, I'm willing to go to it.
2: If it were a family member, would you let them go?
1: Huh? Yeah, depending on what the procedure was, and ultimately it's going to be up to them. Depends on who it is. If it's a child, I'm going to have more of a say. If they're younger, as they get older, they start making more choices for themselves, depending on what it is. But sure, yeah, mm-hmm. it's again, full transparency. I need to know everything. I need to know it's accurate. Other than that, you betcha. Well, talk Doc it. Skip LaCombe, pinch hitting for Patton Steel. <laughs> Thompson show at Skip LaCombe. Here's one for us. Uh, currently, our buddy Matt Lynch is in uh, in the house, and he uh, tweeted about us. Uh, so we had a tweet coming in with a... Wait, that's...
2: Guys, that's not Matt. Is he in the building?
1: You guys didn't let that guy that's in. Not did you? Lynch, that's not Matt Lynch, guys. Who not, is that? That might be somebody else. I don't, I'm pretty worried now. I don't... Okay, we may want to call security. That is not, <laughs> no, that's that's not Matt. That's him. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. What? I guarantee you, you security Those going, oh, crap, I checked his <laughs> ID, though. Oh, man. Matt Lynch is going to be with us as we pinch it for Glenn Beck tonight on his uh, television program. He has a great story, um, and I think you'll really like to meet him. Um, Also tonight, we're going to be talking with some Bernie Sanders supporters. They're going to be in the house. We're going to try to find some common ground because a lot of what Bernie complains about that he says is a problem with our world today, he's absolutely right. The problem is his solutions. But we'll uh, find some common ground with them tonight on the Blaze TV. Uh, Okay, so apparently uh, one of the uh, writers for Salon.com, which is a big progressive rag out there online, has called the, the Pledge of Allegiance a toxic nationalistic ritual. And it should be banned now. A toxic, nationalistic ritual. I mean, it should be banned, that's what he's suggesting, right? We should, should, ban we should it. get it, rid of it?
2: We should ban the Pledge of Allegiance?
1: Uh, do you agree with him, Skip Lacombe? No, we
2: should not ban
1: the <clears throat> Pledge of Allegiance. Should it be required, Allegiance? Skip Lacombe?
2: No, it should not be required, though, either. I, and I will say, to his point, I, I understand, in a, in a general sense, how people are uncomfortable with the concept of requiring a Pledge of Allegiance. There have even been times, too, I remember even recalling back, I did feel odd. It felt very drony when people are sitting there. I pledge allegiance to the flag. And it's just reciting it.
1: That's where I think he stumbles onto something but is more wrong than right. It is not toxic. Uh, ritual, yes. I hate rituals that have no meaning to them. If you're standing up there going, I pledge allegiance as a, as a zombie, you shouldn't be doing that. You shouldn't do that for anything, your faith or anything. But if it means something to you, that's a good thing. I think saying the Pledge of Allegiance when it means something is good for kids. I think that's a positive thing. Forcing them to say it, that's the greater intellectual exercise there. Because in America, you have the freedom to even transcend that. Things that are good about America. That's what a lot of people miss on this. I say it because I'm driven. I'm I'm passionate. I, I do care about America, and I do pledge my loyalty to America. That's what I do when I say it, and I want to do that. But it means something to me, and it's not a ritual.
2: Yeah, this author from Salon continued that the <laughs> Pledge of Allegiance must go. A daily loyalty oath has become a toxic, nationalistic ritual.
1: Uh, so what should we replace that with, nothing or more uh, propaganda from the left?
2: No, a salute to dear leaders probably. Is that what it is? We
1: should actually because nutcases like this, this nut at Salon, do want that. They want that government control that way. So you shouldn't pledge your, your support to the country that you love. Patriotism is wrong. But it's okay if the government gets so big, they can tell you that you must exercise every day, and you can't have a 20-ounce soda pop. Do Do you see the breakdown there, the failure? They want to replace patriotism in schools with love of government, fascism, socialism, dear leader, totalitarianism. What a colossal breakdown. Shouldn't he at least be consistent to say that we shouldn't support any big government programs then if he was against that nationalistic ritual, blah, blah, blah? Yeah, this author continued, to. We may be a free country, but any
2: kid who chooses to sit out of the collective exercise of exalting America runs a risk of official ostracization. Ostracization?
1: Ostracization. No, I, uh, like I said, say it every morning if you want to have the kid say it in school. If a kid doesn't want to have him sit down, I don't think you're going to be ostracized for that. And you know what? If a kid does uh, get the business from other kids, you got to learn to deal with it because guess what standing up for yourself in life often requires you getting the business from other people and you hanging in their top for your values we deal with that each and every day all right if you would please tweet at doc thompson show and at skip macomb follow us we're gonna have a hashtag we release just before five o'clock tonight eastern we're gonna need your help with that one join us later